Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. And we are at Ignite in Orlando with thousands and thousands of our closest friends. Yes. And <laughs> but it's big. Let's just leave it there. It's so just a big, big show. We're back in Orlando again. Again. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of the old tech heads, only bigger. Only bigger. Dimitri Lyland and Ed Thompson are here. We'll talk to them in just a minute. But first, we have this little matter of better know a framework. <laughs> Dude, what do you got? I found a new language. And oh. It's new to me. I might not be new to everybody else because actually it's trending right now. It's called Rust. Oh, uh, yeah. And Rust is a systems programming language that runs blazingly fast, prevents seg faults, and guarantees thread safety. It takes all the fun out of it, really, doesn't it? Yeah, right. <laughs> seg faults. God, I haven't heard that in a long time. That's pretty old school. Here's the feature list right on their website. Zero cost abstractions, move semantics. Guaranteed memory safety, threads without data races, trait-based generics, pattern matching, type inference, minimal runtime, and efficient C bindings. And I also have to say the first example they show on there has the keyword let. Let. Remember let? Very old school. Very old school, right? It seems like a low-level language. Yeah. And so, when you go looking to see who's using it, some names that you have heard of, Dropbox, Telenor, uh, AppSignal, Atlassian, NPM. A uh, lot, of, lot of people that you know and love are using this. Yeah, so, it sounds you know. like a services level type thing. Yeah, but. yeah. That's what I got. Yeah, it, it's quite interesting. Anyway, that's what I got. Who's talking to us, Richard? Grabbed a comment off of show 1237, the one we did with Bill Wagner back in December of 2015, talking about GitHub fundamentals. That was a great show. It was a great show, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it spawned a ton of comments. So, lots to shop from here, but I grabbed this one from Richard Rixum, who said, I normally use SVN with Tortoise SVN as my Windows client. I've mm-hmm. done that. Mm-hmm. That's a great tool. Yeah, doesn't that hook right into the, the shell? Right into the shell. So, yeah. you're just like, whatever you want to source control, you can control. Right. My company moved from using VSS, man, dude, 90s, to SVN quite a few years ago. And for home use, I recently looked at using Git with GitHub and integration into Visual Studio Community Edition, which even two years ago it had. This worked really well. I now have a home-built Git server using uh, working on a Raspberry Pi. Wow. Because you can run a Git server on a Raspberry Pi. Who would do that? Apparently, Richard would. <laughs> so, you know what? You could do it alongside a .NET Rocks mug because a .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com or via any of our social media because we publish every show to Facebook and Google+. And if you comment there and we read it on the show, we'll send you a mug. And YouTube. Got to add YouTube to the list. Yeah, we're publishing all the shows on YouTube now. Yeah, we have a YouTube channel. Indeed. Yeah, you won't see anything. No, well, there's that one that should be out now with Scott Hunter that we recorded here at Ignite that does have video. Yeah. So, we can publish that on YouTube. Yep. And uh, definitely follow us on Twitter. He's at Rich Campbell. I'm at Carl Franklin. Send us a tweet. We rust-proof them. I bet you do. Mm -hmm. Little WD-40. And let's introduce our guest today. Edward Thompson is Program Manager for Visual Studio Team Services, where he focuses on Git and version control. And before becoming a Program Manager, he had developed version control tools at GitHub, Microsoft, and SourceGear. So, he wrote the code that probably merges your pull requests. That's you. Just <laughs> saying. He's a maintainer for LibGit2 and the co-host of All Things Git, the podcast about Git. Dimitri Lylan is the Senior Product Manager for Visual Studio Team Services and TFS. During his 18 years of professional software development, he's worked in many companies, but most recently joined Microsoft, where he's been employed for nine years. While at Microsoft, he's taken on multiple roles, including Microsoft Consulting and Premier Jobs, 
before moving to corporate to be part of the Visual Studio wider product team. In his spare time, he loves to write code every week, explore Washington State outdoors with his wife, and is a passionate PC gamer. Very cool. He's also one of the very original advocates for Humanitarian Toolbox. My yeah. HD box wouldn't be where it was without Dimitri. Well, thank I, you. I was very happy to help. It was one of those uh, kind of things that worked out just by a little bit of chance and a little bit of hard work. I think you called me and said, dude, if I have to make another Northwind demo, I'm going to kill myself. Please, <laughs> can we make something yes. more meaningful than that? And that led to already. I mean, it wasn't that simple. There was a long path between those things. But wow. that and I had a call from the Red Cross and we talked to some other folks and ta-da, Visual Studio 2015. Already as a sample app. And also responsible for the guest podcasters at all these great Microsoft yeah, conferences. Doing that stuff too, right? Yeah. You know, when you love something, you, you've got to help it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if I'm in a position to help, I've been trying to help. And I remember, you know, just, uh, you, you know, before I called you with the famous comment of like, if I do another, another sample app, it's going to be the end of my life. Yeah. And, and it's true, you know, marketing teams around, around the world, all these big companies, we constantly waste money on sample apps. And I, wa- mm. I use the word waste kind of loosely because, of course, you've got to build something sometimes, whatever, right? Sure. right? But if you have a chance to do something better with it, something better than just a sample, why not? And you guys had this great, you know, platform for getting volunteers together and connecting with the nonprofits. So, really kudos to you guys just as much as anything I contributed because without that, my my money would have just been, all right, what ideas do we have? I wouldn't have had any good ones. Sure. It's great when a plan comes together. Like yeah. yeah, two years further on, you know, Jeff Fritz worked on the on the original version back in 2015. I just had him in a codathon in Sweden, mm. two years further on in the core two version of already. And he's like, none of my old code is here. I'm mm. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a lot of progress there. It's a complex project now. Like one of our problems now is it's hard for new people to get involved in the project. We've had 150 contributors now. It's 3,000 pull requests. It's complicated. It's just not a small thing to step into anymore. Mm. Building software is hard. Yeah, weird, huh? It is. Yeah. But, Go uh, figure. Hey, it's software that saves lives, right? There's smoke yeah. detectors out in the world today because of the, we help coordinate folks to get them installed. And it's it awesome. works. It does yeah. its job. And yeah. if it was easy, well, you could buy them at Walmart. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, in the world of Git, what is new, Ed? What is new? There's a lot of things new in uh, Visual Studio Team Services and in the on-premises Team Foundation server. The coolest thing, I think, is a total end-to-end workflow for managing your code changes and tracking them along with your work items. And here at Ignite, Donovan showed this off on stage in the keynote. Uh, Donovan Brown, of course, Mm -hmm. who I'm sure you've had on the show. Oh, yeah. We have. He rubbed DevOps all over it. (laughs) He is a force of nature. Still trying to wipe some of that stuff off. It's sticky. You'll never get it off. Once Donovan rubs DevOps on it, it ain't never coming off. But it's the coolest thing, man, and he showed this. You, If you're in your Kanban board, if you're in your planning board, you can just right-click on a work item and say new branch, and that'll create a branch on the server. And, of course, you can create a branch just you know locally sure. on your machine. Yeah. Do whatever you want. But when you do it on the server, just with that little right-click menu, now whenever you make any changes on your local machine, commit things, and push them up to the server, the server will just tie that back together automatically. Wow. Nice. Yeah, so you don't have to worry about That's going nice through. abstraction. Yeah, exactly. So you don't have to worry about going through and linking your work item to your commits right. or to your pull request. It takes care of all that for you. And so it's just these little little niceties that we're always, bringing to the table. I always thought Git had just this great language for doing exactly what you wanted to do. And, you know, that's why it had a little bit of a learning curve. But seeing these new abstractions over it, you know, and even older abstractions like, you know, Tortoise, for example, is a yep. great abstraction using a tool we already use the file system yep and the explorer with a shell extension with a shell extension 
You know, they, and this is just a, another great abstraction that you can utilize on your terms. For sure. I think you're absolutely right. I think that Git itself is an amazing tool. It's got mm -hmm. an amazing, you know, like the low levels. And that's really where I kind yeah. of focus is like the really deep down nitty gritty stuff. And that stuff's amazing, but it's hard to use, right? Yeah. Command line's kind of rough. So as we keep building out these new tools on top of it. I think that's really what's going to make developers successful. Yeah, I think one of the things that a lot of people just don't realize they even have Git support or right. uh, when we, you know, we're very biased people here at Microsoft. We, we live in this world of our own products. So we can even make this horrible assumption. Sometimes people know what Visual Studio Team Services is. Like we'll get into the interviews and we're like, yeah, let's talk about it. But let, let me lay some foundation for us because I want folks that are listening to this to really know this is there for you, right? So even if you have TFS, right? The on-premises mm -hmm. product. And even if you have an older version, like 2013, 2015, you, you can start creating Git repos. Like that's part of the product. We added it back in 2013. When I started in this team, that was the first thing I helped, helped launch. And when we moved TFS into the cloud and called it Visual Studio Online originally, if you guys remember yeah. that, yeah, sure. I, I wasn't a fan, I'll be honest, but it's okay. We, we survived. Uh, and now we call, calling it Visual Studio Team Services. Now that's TFS in the cloud. But, it, and I've always known TFS as a, source repository yeah. so you know it's just sort of i think people have always thought it's tfs or git sure not right and git that seems odd to me yeah yeah i think a lot of people think tfs and they think that centralized version control system sure. you know yeah. right click check out you know yeah. files are locked and it's a lot more than that but and there's a certain group of developers that that's the way they want to work with source code too yeah. like there are folks that are very happy in that environment and quite uncomfortable with the sort of distributed merge yeah. conflict approach that sure. uh, you you merge right or you mm -hmm. that get and other distributed repositories represent and that's yeah. understandable mm -hmm. we're not going to take that away i mean TFBC will never go away. There are people within Microsoft still using it. Sure. They're, they're never going to stop because they mm -hmm. like it too. That's how they work. We have both and people can choose and they can have multiple, you know, repos within one team now so that they can choose to have both in one team. That's fine. One of the things that I really like about Git and, and I, I, I am biased, right? I came from TFVC world. I, like we started the show with visuals source safe, right? Conversation. Yep. Like, yeah I, yeah, I started there. That was my beginning of my career. And when I moved in TFS, I continued, of course, using TFVC. And I, and I even when Git was released, even when I helped ship it, I, I wasn't using it. Mm -hmm. So I'll just mm -hmm. be very honest there because it's new, right? Like Carl said, like yeah. if something new, it's always freaking scary. Mm -hmm. So right. the beautiful thing is, uh, once I did look at it though, I realized what the hype was all about. It's really a, a beautiful way to do source control, having mm -hmm. that local repository, right? Yeah. Like pe people forget that aspect of it. It always becomes like a side thing. They're like, it is, is source control, right? And if you're biased Microsoft way of doing it, you just think of it the same way, but it's not the same, right? It's different. It's different for a reason. Yeah. And people like that difference for a reason. Do you get the sense that the strength of, of the Git side of this is larger teams or more distributed teams like i know the tfs could do all of that it's just to feel like tfs is happier when everybody's sitting in the same floor definitely you know mm -hmm. the closer you are to your tfs server the, the happier, happier you, you are, are if you're using tfbc mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I used to think that if i had two copies somewhere on disk of a project that i was working on that was when i started using source control because i didn't <laughs> want to you know <laughs> which one you get into that hell which is like oh i edited the wrong copy well how do i pull out all that stuff and move it over here but now uh, now it's just like you know i have a project it's got source control yeah That's you just run get yeah, it as soon as it's there yeah it's just part of the reality same way that it's a whole lot easier to write on paper than on the wall right Absolutely. like it's just a basic organizational element do you guys have any metrics in terms of how many people aren't using source control it seems like there's a lot it seems like there is a lot but it seems like it's better every year it used to be you know 10 years ago when we were building source control tools i was at source gear we were working on 
plugins to Visual Source Safe. Woot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. And, you know, we would come to this conference back when it was TechEd and people would come up and they'd be like, what's what's source control? Mm. Now, nobody ever says what's source control right. to me. So at least the education is there. Even right. if not everybody's using it, everybody knows what it is. So that's the first barrier that we've solved. I feel like the abstractions that we've had over the years have been challenging. And and I think just because of the some of the language around, you know, pull, push, merge, like some of these verbs that, you know, need to be disambiguated a bit i agree yeah and, and especially uh in in visual studio the stuff that's there there's like a couple of different screens that all look the same and you know you've, you've kind of get the feeling that oh man is this what i want to do or was that what i want to do and am i going to screw something up and overwrite something you know like there's just irrational kind of fear about it i don't think it's irrational at all it's your source code this is your lifeblood yeah you know if you screw that up if you push something to production that you didn't test that you yeah, didn't, yeah. you're not sure about who would do that nobody does yeah, that yeah <laughs> uh, I, I think everybody can admit they've done this at yeah, least sure. once if not more which is like before you you pull changes down from the server you make a copy of your local disk yeah. stuff and you're like just in case i pull something down and overwrite right. something i forgot to check in or merge or whatever, right? You have that paranoia and that's fine, but it's much better to have source control than not. I mean, anytime I run into people that don't use source control, especially in distributed teams, I've still heard of people using zip files and network drive as yeah, a way to yeah, coordinate. Yeah. I mean... Copy of my project 99 folder. <laughs> yeah. Final. Yeah, final. Final too. That's always Really, a good truly one. final. That's always a good one to name it. Okay, uh-huh. okay, okay. Final. Oh, well, that might... Well, wait a minute. <laughs> final two? Yeah. Final three? Final, final, final. final it always final. happens. I think we're seeing a lot of new UI tools come around that are really helping new users understand Git a little bit better. Git Kraken has some really cool mm. visualizations. You can kind of drag and drop stuff. Yeah. And there's another one called GMaster that's coming out. And these all have great integration into like Visual Studio Team Services right. and GitHub. And so I think it's really lowering the bar, the barrier to entry yeah. for version control. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, all the tools are, are really awesome. That, that's one of my favorite things about Git. Like if I'm using Visual Studio Code... It's, it works with Git, right? If I'm using the, the Git client for GitHub, that's just Git. I mean, everything is just Git. The mm. underlying source control manager part of the code, the open source thing that, you know, the Linus started back in the day. I mean, that's standard. So all these different tools, all these different repositories, everything mm. else, it's all the same thing. So when you move across them or you switch tools, you don't have to like relearn the paradigm. You don't have to, you know, worry that something isn't going to work. Sure. It's not proprietary to Microsoft. Like all of that stuff is gone, right? Mm-hmm. This is a truly community project and there's so many tools and even at the command line i was so biased already towards visual studio over the years that it was a little bit scary when i first decided i'm going to learn the git you know command line tools on mm. windows and oh my gosh i'm actually kind of liking Git. i'm starting yeah. to remember the early dimitri when when i started back when you know i still did like some Perl and php and you know i was starting to just do classic you know asp and that's when uh interdev started to uh, make, oh, make me an id person interdev interdev, interdev did yes, you say scary. interdev I said interdev. I'm, I'm I get old. Chills, just like that. <laughs> but like, but we we used to be in the command line all the time, and then yeah, you know right. I got away from that. But but Git is really awesome, and the tools are really solid, and they're uh, very mature. I love to see Git being used for stuff other than code. You know, like as a document management repository, for example, or uh, graphics. You know, it's it's got so many more applications than than code, but that's just what we use it for. Absolutely. Yeah, mostly. Well, it's just files in the end. And yeah. we're really focused on GitHub right here, right? Like the tooling here is about being able to, to work with repositories in GitHub. Well, as far as open source goes, absolutely. Okay. I mean, all open source is on GitHub these right. days, right? But 
for your company, you've got a lot of options. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't necessarily need all the great open source community stuff that GitHub brings. If you're just hosting Git repositories within your company, right. you can do it in Visual Studio Team Services. We've got, you know, great repository hosting capabilities. We've got all the pull request stuff, everything that you need to collaborate within your team. Mm-hmm. So we're really focused on what we call inner source, which is kind of open source for your company. Right. So that's something we do within Microsoft. The Windows team uh, is now in a Git repository. Which is astonishing to me. The biggest Git repository wow. in the world. Yeah. That, the, those repositories will still be like in Azure, let's say. You yeah. Know, so they'll still be online. They just won't be in the open source world. Well, well they're that's in right. Visual Studio it. Team Services, right? I mean, yeah. that, that's that's the whole thing. Like even even you guys, I'm I'm like sitting here. I, w- I want to give you guys a Visual Studio Team Services hug because yeah. because that that's <laughs> what it is. That's where the Git repository lives. It doesn't yeah. live in Azure. I mean, VSTS itself lives in Azure, right? Yeah, yeah, so right. it's an Azure hosted project. Right. But you don't have to like be be creative or or come up with a way to host your repository yeah, like Windows right. does. You just turn it on. Yeah, you just you just go to a Visual Studio Team Services, and it's free for up to five people in your team. Yeah. So if you're one person and you just want to do source control, that's what I do. When I write code, I, I mean, I have no code that I worry my machine's going to explode, I'm going to sure. lose. I have my VSTS, I sync it, and, and I'm done. But if you have a big team, it scales up to Windows size, and that's like how many thousands of people? <laughs> 4,000 developers yeah, working 4, in Windows code base every day. So if I have some private repositories out on GitHub, easy to move into uh, yeah. team services. Yeah, very easy. You Simple can just move them over. Simple. There's actually a little button you can just like click and import a repository right Wonderful. from GitHub. It's yeah. done. Wonderful. Yeah, lots of people don't don't realize that. Like they think that VSTS, you know, Visual Studio Team Services is like uh, this this thing you only use if you're a company. Right. Well, I mean, I love GitHub. I have nothing against GitHub. I we work with them all the time. Yeah. But they do charge, right? I mean, money sure. is money, and they charge for private repos. We we sure. don't. If you're a person right. or you're up to five people and you want to store source control in VSTS, go for it. Come That's huge. be part of our family. You have to use no other feature. Hey, Dimitri, give us one second here to pay the bills. This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our friends at JetBrains. Hey, how often do you profile memory usage in your .NET apps? What if you could automate memory usage checks so that they're executed every time you commit a change? You can actually do that with .MemoryUnit from JetBrains. .MemoryUnit is a free unit testing framework for monitoring .NET memory usage. You write unit tests that check your code for all kinds of memory issues, and then run the tests on your machine or in a continuous integration server like TeamCity or VSTS, just like you do with regular unit tests. You can track how much memory is allocated, check memory for objects of a specific type to prevent memory leaks, or compare several memory snapshots in a unit test to see if memory usage is creeping up. Learn more and download .memoryunit from jetbrains.netrocks.com or just search for a package called .memoryunit on the NuGet gallery. And you're listening to .NET Rocks. Carl and Richard here at Ignite in Orlando mm-hmm. with Ed Thompson and Dimitri Allen, and talking about the deeper Git integration in VSTS. Yeah. Because it's been around for a long time. Like Since 2013. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've had a lo- lots of versions. So it's just, do you find you have folks that want to be able to bounce between different repositories? Is that actually a good idea or, you know, make a migration? I find that it's easiest if you put everybody in a single repository. For sure. And, and, and my experience has been moving repositories is hell. Like you're going to lose something. Yeah. It's bad. It's, it's real bad. It's real bad. It's so, so once a project's gotten to a V1 on a given source control strategy, changing it is almost not worth it. It's real challenging. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, what we recommend there is just a tip migration. You know, like don't 
worry about trying to migrate your history over. Yes. Just leave it, turn your existing server read-only. Yep. You know, you're going to need that history sometime. Stick mm-hmm. it in a VM. Yes, yes. No. Don't get rid of it. But yeah. at the same time, don't worry so much about history because you're never going to make it perfect. No. So why try? After the first week, your chances of looking back there are low. That's <laughs> the one. you know. But it's that one week. <laughs> it is that one week. That's a bad week, but it's, it's only one week and you get week. past it. I go on <laughs> vacation for that week. Yeah. <laughs> you totally get past it. Yeah. But no, we recommend everybody, if you're working on a project, let's say there's a back end, let's say there's a front end, these things are tied together. You, know, sure. you want to mm-hmm. version them together. So put them in the same repository. Yeah, so the repository is for the project, really. Yeah. 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 Not for the elements. Yeah. It, it may, the battle here is teams, right? It's like I've got, I've got an outsource group that's doing the front end piece. I've got an internal group that's doing the back end piece. They may or may not get along, right? Like, they or they, or you may or may not want everybody to have access to your your secrets, right? You know, mm-hmm. your secret files or your your password things that you have in there. Well, don't check those out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have to have a different strategy that's, for that's that. That's what you need to tell people. That's mm-hmm. right. That's yeah. right. I mean, if you if you just Google, and this is a bit of a problem with the big open it repositories, is. if you just Google SSH private key. You'll just see key after key on checked into GitHub. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. People yeah. do it all the time. Yeah. Every couple of months, we see this story and hacker news about, oh, so did this search. And it's like, oh, geez. So tell us about Secret Store or Key Vault. Yeah, Azure Key Vault. So w- the idea is that you can actually put your secrets into Azure Key Vault. And then while you're doing the deploy, you can just pull those out and set them as a variable in your deployment process. Mm-hmm. And that way you don't ever check in your your secrets yeah and you never should you never should yeah well, one of the coolest things that you could do and i've i've seen people do this which is the idea that you don't have to start in the public space especially when you just you, you're just starting some project right. and you're not sure you know if your code's going to be ready to, to be in github and in, in the public sphere or if you're not sure if it's, you even want to make it open source like you can start with visual studio team services go on there create an account put your code up on there and when you're ready to move your repo it's really not not that difficult at the end of the day especially when you're one or two people in the beginning and it's very you know you don't have this large team of people all all confused you could just migrate it out pull it down and push it up and your commits will go with it your branch history if you want will go with it the the thing about git the thing that like again being a biased you know tvfs developer developer using old microsoft source controls that I did not appreciate a lot of these things in the mm-hmm. beginning, but I do now. The fact that on your disk is a copy of the server, right? It's not like pointing to a server. It is the commit history. It's the branch history as much as you want to pull down. And when you want to migrate it, that makes it so much easier than having to say, okay, server A, point to server B and start copying stuff. You have it local. So even if the server blows up, you, you actually maintain the full history yeah, of what, what's been happening. It's really I awesome. I don't know that, the, I, I would have to do the research on this, but my gut tells me people don't set out to make an open source project. They set out writing some code to help themselves. Yes. Right. Eventually realize it's a tool. Yeah. And then they mature that tool themselves, then think, I should probably share this with others. Like it's right. sort of a, a yeah. process that happens. At some point you go, maybe I should, you know, should I sell this as a closed source product or do I just want to give it, you know, put it out in the world and maybe other people can benefit from this because mm-hmm. I don't want to be a tool maker and deal with all of those headaches. And mm-hmm. so it, it makes total sense to me that you invariably start with a private repo first. Yeah. Yeah. Pe- people think of, of Git and, and they, they say Git, then they say GitHub and they start interchanging the two, mm-hmm. but it's not the same thing. GitHub is a service. It's a company 
they use Git in, as, uh, under the hood thing as the source control management system. Right. And on top of it, they created all these ideas that are also often just confused. Even I was, again, I'm honest, I was confused by this in the beginning too. When I heard of forking, I'm like, that's a Git thing. And it's like, no, that, that's a GitHub thing. GitHub created the notion of, of taking a project and creating another copy of the project mm. that other people can then start editing in, in their account in the public or private space. Right. But the, these things weren't like it's part of Git. Linus, when he made Git, didn't put that into the Git uh, commands. You know, you no. could, there was no fork command, right? Yeah. But the cool thing is even, um, you know, other people in the industry like Microsoft are starting to appreciate this, not like a standard, but like we now have forking in Visual Studio Team Services for your right. private projects. So if Windows wants to fork me a copy of, of something, they could do that, right, or whatever. But again, there's there's a difference, right? But that speaks to this concept of GitHub flow, right? Of the, there's sort of a... We, yeah. we use Pull requests. Yeah. yeah, right. The method by which volunteers or, you know, external developers, not necessarily part of your team, but be able to contribute to a project and feed back to you in a way that is manageable, mm-hmm. that is not threatening to the project, is actually a useful contribution. And, yeah. and I think it's forking's a key part of making GitHub flow make sense. Yeah, Git, GitHub brought so much so much love on, on top of Git, right? The, the issues, the pull requests, the forking, the fact that it's, you know, has a huge infrastructure to provide, I mean, a free service, right? I mean, th- think of what GitHub does for the community. Mm-hmm. I love that. They provide free hosting for as much code as you want to put up there, as much assets, files, media files, whatever part of your project you can stick up, documentation, um, you can put a website up on top of Git. I mean, there, there's so many things that, that GitHub will do. There are recipes up there. Yeah, yeah there's right. recipes. <laughs> People do all sorts of crazy stuff, but let's talk about the developer for a second. Often, especially when you're kind of, Richard, like you started, when you're this new developer Mm -hmm. and new new in a sense, like you're new to a project that it's your baby, this is a new project for you, and you're new maybe to open source, you've never Mm -hmm. contributed to it. GitHub is is therefore kind of scary to put your code. um, Even I hesitate a little bit, like, hmm, uh, this is a kind of cool utility, but is it clean enough that I put enough comments and using the right standards? Is it good enough to be scrutinized? Yeah, (laughs) and then... Unless you, you're paying GitHub, you, you can't put it up there in private. So maybe you do have a zip file or right. you're, you know, boxing it or one-driving a copy of your code and hoping that works. Well, go, go use VSTS. You know, that's always my thing. It's it's free. And you're not making a commitment that you can't change from. It's very easy to be in VSTS and go, okay, now let's push this to GitHub. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm so passionate about this because because it, it's it's there for people, just right. like GitHub is there for people. And I want folks to know about it. And again, TFS, you know, all organizations from 2013 and up, if you're running that version... You can have Git, the same Git as, as anything else. Uh, one of my favorite features um, is is the import from GitHub, right? So right. if you have a project up there that you found and you're like, oh, this is a cool library, maybe I want to make some tweaks. But again, if you're still a little bit terrified of making you know contributions, sending a pull request to the project owner and, and giving them some suggestions, go try it locally. Go try that workflow locally. Pull you can copy. do it. Right. Yeah, pull it down. It's it's awesome. I'm going to mm-hmm. demo that in my, in my session during this conference so folks can take a look. It's awesome. Cool. Awesome. Hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is. Uh, It must be that happy time again. Yeah. It's time to announce my new Git superhero persona. Hmm. Repo man. (laughs) (laughs) Just when you thought your repository was paid off, boom, repo man comes in and takes it back. I was going to say 4Q, but that's not polite. Uh, I'm not going to oh. do that. Uh, that's not right. I feel bad. I take that bad. Get it? I apologize. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Never mind. It's actually time to give away a D-Experience subscription from DevExpress to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. Become a UI superhero with DevExpress UI controls and libraries and deliver elegant .NET solutions that address customer needs today and leverage your existing knowledge to build next-generation touch-enabled solutions for tomorrow. 
Whether it's an Office-inspired application or a data-centric analytics dashboard, DevExpress Universal ships with everything you'll need to build your best without limits or a compromise. And check out their DevExtreme React grid, built from the ground up to fully support all the cool features that come with React, like the virtual DOM and state controllers like Redux and all that. It supports master detail, sorting, grouping, paging, and editing. You can check it out and test it for free by getting it from GitHub, of all places. Learn more and download your free 30-day trial of DevExpress Universal at devexpress.com slash superhero. All right, buddy. Who's our winner? Today's winner, Richard, is Shane Holder. Congratulations, Shane. Yeah. Golf clap for you, sir. Yeah, Shane just won the D-Experience subscription, a big pile of awesome from our friends at DevExpress, just for being a member of the .NET Rocks fan club. And if you don't know what that is, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world, and every show we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But you got to sign up to win. We also like to ask our guests, and we'll start with you, Dimitri. If you had $5,000 to spend on technology today, what would you buy? I would say a gaming laptop, one of those really high-end ones. And there, there are some now that are in the 4 or 5K range. So 20-inch I- curved displays. You know, laptop in the sense of if you have a steel reinforced asbestos lined lap, <laughs> you can use this as a laptop. Yeah, I, I, I you would should love talk, one. Richard. Yeah, I know. You had the biggest laptop I ever saw. Actually, <laughs> I, I wouldn't go for the biggest one. I'd go for like the the most compact one. I mean, I there's I forget the name of it, but there's one company that actually makes this really compact, really powerful like desktop. Voodoo Razer, they're gorgeous machines. Does it have its yeah. own nuclear reactor built into? Yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm such a, I'm such a fan of like disconnecting sometimes and gaming is, is how I do it. What's yeah. your preferred game these days, bud? Um, I've been playing a lot of Elder Scrolls online. Yeah. I've really been enjoying that. I've, I've, I've enjoyed, you know, Fallout quite a bit. I mean, I've, I've been kind of going back and forth, the new and the old, uh, Borderlands, uh, still a huge fan of Borderlands too. Me and my wife, we played together actually over the land. Oh, Borderlands? That's yeah, great. that's such an awesome game. So that's there you go. Funny. That'd be my choice. More gaming hardware. A little FPS. Oh, very good. Ed? Well, I'm not going to bring a unique idea to this party but for me it's a hololens yeah. right it's always a good choice yeah, yeah i'm not the only one on the show that that goes that way but my wife's a mathematician oh, wow. and in particular she's into the complex numbers and the mandelbrot set mm-hmm. which nice. is amazing yeah. i would love to dive into the mandelbrot set on a hololens as a visualization i would yeah, yeah. Wow. you can do some very cool things in that when, when people say they want to get a HoloLens, I just feel guilty because I have one in my office. Do Sorry. you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be, being on the marketing team as a programmer has some advantages. We have budgets. <laughs> right. That's awesome. And we, we bought two uh, about a year ago. And uh, I remember bringing it home and showing it to my wife for the first time. I mean, it's still kind of a heavy, clunky device. Um, it's not like for average person if they're not super into it. But when I turned it on, her whole attitude changed about it. She's it's like, oh, my God. It's the future, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I'm standing somewhere else. This is freaking amazing. Yeah. It's really awesome powerful. Awesome tech. Fractals for the win. That's I right. almost wonder if Mandelbrot says it would be better in straight up VR, like a completely artificial Yeah, that's what I was thinking yeah, too. Yeah, I, I, I wonder that, but I'd like to find out. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to walk down one of those spirals and Wouldn't that see, be awesome? see, yeah. see if it ends and anywhere. It, tur- it turns out it doesn't. No. It's a lot of walking. It doesn't. Uh, doesn't go right really ahead. Fun. Get your exercise. Yeah. So if we're jumping back into this now, one of the cool things if I am now checking my code directly into GitHub is just, now I have access to all that tooling around automated deploy and so forth. Or do I stick strictly with what normally Visual Studios, you know, sort of app veyors 
options and those kinds of pipelines for uh, automated deployment. Well, well, the one thing about about GitHub um, is they don't have like a CI CD system. They don't have a no. build system. They just store the code and then they do all the kind of social coding aspects around it, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. The issues and the pull requests to make the changes. That stuff is awesome in GitHub. Um, but the one thing that Visual Studio Team Services has and same thing for TFS, again, they're the same freaking product. So mm-hmm. uh, no matter which one you're using, you've got the ability to do builds, release management yeah. and things like CI CD out to Azure or other clouds for extensibility. Um, VSTS is, is very extendable as well. So if you want to plug in your own build system or right. your own source control system, I mean, any component as part of that flow is replaceable. Um, there's lots of, there's a whole marketplace full of stuff that people can choose from. Uh, but yeah, the, the release thing is super important. You know, uh, m- most most modern shops, they call themselves modern, modern, they do some sort of CI CD, right? They have a, right. a cloud, whether that's AWS or Azure, sure. and they're pushing their code for some gated process or for, for some process they hopefully trust and, and rely on. Yeah. And we, we can help set that up for people. It's really not that difficult. Donovan, who we, we talked about earlier, does this demo all the time where in like five to ten minutes he, he sets does four up four of them four. in an hour. Yeah, yeah he does oh, four in an I've hour. I've watched him do it. Yep. <laughs> but in ten minutes he can show how to set up CACD out to Azure. It's really it's really not a big deal, which yeah. means you've got your ASP.NET project, your web API, whatever. Mm-hmm. You've you're you've storing the source in Git. Mm-hmm. You're then triggering upon committing code some sort of build. If that build is successful, you're maybe you're running tests or maybe not. Yep. But then hope you are. Hopefully you are. Uh, and then at some point you, you, you can say, okay, if everything goes well, or if I'm not doing tests, you know, good luck to me. Let me do mm-hmm. a deployment out to Azure. And that's where CI CD, continuous integration and delivery comes in. And yeah. that is something we, we do super well. Mm-hmm. And GitHub doesn't do that. There are tools out there like Octopus, you know, for example, that yeah. that that latch into this whole system very nicely too. Yeah, we, we allow all sorts of companies to plug into the marketplace. We're an yeah. open we're an open system, and and again, uh, when we talk to like Java developers and they hear we have Jenkins support, like really, yeah. I thought VSTS was you know for Microsoft stuff. We're like, well, right. it's made by Microsoft. That's that's as much as we can say nowadays. We have yeah. gone so far away from being a closed ecosystem Absolutely. that it's not funny. It's not built into GitHub, but GitHub has a little marketplace for continuous integration and stuff. Like, you just have to pick what bits you use. Right. I find it interesting that if you were dealing with an organization that had a pipeline around GitHub, mm-hmm. making it simple to simply check a code in there and knowing it's just going to kick that pipeline off, mm. it just blurs the lines. So we, yeah. we, the HTBox project already is using AppVare, you know, more on the studio side, even though the repository is in GitHub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's lots. I mean, again, GitHub is very open. Uh, mm-hmm. You got to give them lots of credit for that. Uh, they're not saying, you know, anything is blocked as long as you have the rights to a repo. And most of the time, that's not an issue because most of them are public. They're public. Yeah, uh, yeah you can I just only pull. need to read it. <laughs> yeah, you just need to read it. So it makes it very easy for people to, to make extensibility around that and make it work for CICD yeah. for sure. And then people have so many options now. I th- and I almost think it's overwhelming to try and choose, right? There's so many it ways is. to people do People want guidance. That's one yeah. thing, you know, like I feel like we as Microsoft, um, need to do better there. We we have traditionally been, been giving maybe too much guidance to people, uh, and I think we've stepped away from that a little bit since the community has lots of great paths that we don't want to sort of get in front of and try to be you know oh, do it our way. That's yeah. not yeah. that's what it's, it's definitely about not anymore. one right way. That's for sure. Yeah, but at the same time, people want some guidance. They want some example that that they will at least know works, and then they can make a logical decision if they want to 
replace some part of that pipeline yeah. or or do something completely different but if mm-hmm. like, like let's face it we're all afraid of the unknown and when you don't know the right path even getting somebody like microsoft or github or richard <laughs> to tell you about it mm-hmm. is is much better than trying to figure it out yourself how many times have we googled something found something random and it turned out to be not the right path yeah. or the mm-hmm. old way of doing things that's always my fear like is this still the way people do it <laughs> is this the best way you you need people to tell you i hope i hope we can start doing better with that ourselves yeah, the, the assembly of the right pipeline for a given organization, I think most of the time they get put together based on, this is what I did last time, this worked for me. Yeah. Well, it, that's a powerful statement. If I it totally worked, with you. You, you know, yeah. sol- solving a problem starts with being able to deliver something that starts to solve it, even if it's not yeah. the newest, shiniest way of doing it. Mm-hmm. How many times have, um, you know, this, this is like the, the worst block people get. I want to code something. I have this idea. I'm passionate. I've got some spare time and I'm going to go learn that new programming language to do it. Right. Right. And it's, it's like, yeah, so you're not going to code it tonight. You're yeah. not going to code it for a week unless you're, you're, you're brilliant or lucky. Yeah. You're going to spend the next few days setting up that environment. Yeah, right. that one thing that just won't work, right? That you'll spend four hours on until your loved ones say, you know, Daddy, come play with me. And you're like, all right, I'm not coding today. Yeah, it doesn't happen. You know, over on the other show on Run As Radio, I did a show with uh, Martin Woodward and Donovan Brown, and they talked a little bit about on the IT side of source control management and so forth. And we got into this conversation about Windows, the fact that Windows is now living in Git. It's like a 300 gigabyte repository. It's so much yeah. bigger than anything else in the world it's, That's like, right. it's an ancient piece of code and when you say 300 gigabytes a lot of people think oh well you know all of the history is 300 gigabytes no 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 when you check it out on disk <laughs> yes it's 300 gigabytes yeah, just the latest wow. version <laughs> it is huge wow. it is the biggest git repository the world has ever seen uh, it's basically taken up by a lot of if then statements if you're running quicken then <laughs> do this if you're running world of warcraft then do that that's right no i'm uh, sorry i don't think that's true <laughs> there is a little bit of that there is. i know yeah there but, is but some of the time the compatibility trace i mean that's um uh dare dare yeah. yeah. jeff richter we interviewed yeah. before that he was Talking he was notorious it. for revealing yeah. you know oh yeah there's special cases in there for this game for this and that program keeping those things healthy but yeah. uh yeah i mean it's just you talk about a legacy project i'm kind of astonished that they they moved that's right it's it's astonishing really well the thing is so if you look back, Windows used to be in a source control system called Source Depot. Right. And if you've never heard of Source Depot, you'd be forgiven because it's a Microsoft internal project. We wow. built it just for ourselves. Yeah. And yet we're also building Team Foundation Server. We're building Visual Studio Team Services. Mm-hmm. We're, su- we're contributing to the Git community. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Right. So we looked at the future of the Windows code base and realized that, you know, everybody's moving to Git. Right. They needed to either move to TFVC or to get right tfvc is real similar to source depot it would have been a, an easy decision but it wouldn't have given them any new functionality and right. if you're gonna if, you know like you said earlier if you're gonna moving version control systems pain. yeah is mm. hard yeah mm. so we decided to make the move and move them to git but we had to change git in order to do that because you can't check in 300 gigabytes to get oddly enough <laughs> it will fall down oh wow it will be a world of pain wow. so we had to build this tool called gvfs it's the git virtual file system okay and it's what allows git to scale to these massive repositories yeah and the beautiful thing is we made it open source 
That's right. That's cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, we've contributed, I, I think, a lot to, to make Git successful on Windows. Uh, one of, you know, if you look at like the tooling, right? Anywhere, if you go to GitHub and, you, and you're looking at something in the GitHub repo or in the Git repo, you often see the word Microsoft come up now because we, we've done something to make it work on Windows. And GVFS is, is another layer of contribution where now we're saying, look, for our internal team, Back at old Microsoft days, we would have made this for ourselves and kept it private. But right. now we think that there's lots of other scenarios where people want to check in really large things into Git. So over time, we'd like to make sure that GVFS becomes something they could they can take a look at. And so what does GVFS do? So GVFS virtualizes your Git repository. So okay. instead of downloading everything. So when you run clone, usually you get all of the files and all of the history. Right. Now with GVFS, you get nothing. <laughs> you get nothing at oh, all. That's I a had great that feature. before. That's right. <laughs> so you do, you actually download just the structure of the repository, okay. and when you look on disk, G, the, here's the magic: is GVFS is a is a driver, right? And so when you look on disk, the GVFS driver, you know, digs into the the file system, the hierarchy of your Git repository, and shows you the files that are there. Okay. Mm-hmm but they're not there. Right. So when Got you go it. and open it, that's when the driver kicks in. It downloads it from Visual Studio Team Services totally transparently and puts it on disk. Right. And you wouldn't think Neat. that would be fast, except when you're talking about 300 gigabytes. Most yeah. people aren't working in the whole no, Windows you, tree. you virtually never need the whole yeah. 300 gigs. Exactly. I if, you're, it. if you're working on Notepad, you don't need the Xbox source sure. code. So. Sure. That's like OneDrive for Git. That's exactly almost. what it is. <laughs> yeah. So that's the big advantage to GVFS. And there are some other magic things that we do with Git. We've made some changes to Git to allow it to scale in other different ways that other people can take advantage of even without GVFS. It did yeah. contribute. Yeah, it's, it's all on, on GitHub. So you are contributing it back to the community that's if they right. want to use it. Yeah, we don't do abandonware, right? One of the things that we really, really try to be good at as if we put something in GitHub, we're contributing to it. We have now even FTEs that we've hired in certain teams, you know, like, like principal level C++ guys in many cases or, or C guys who go in and they will contribute to community projects that, that help us, right? So mm-hmm. again, I, I don't want to call out teams here, but there's plenty of teams that are thinking about community projects almost as their own now. They realize that in order for their product to work, it, they've, they've got to have, this project that's being already supported by the community keep up with the crazy pace of stuff we're releasing. Right. And when you release a feature that's not in the open source thing that makes the glue magic happen to Linux or whatever, man, we've, we've got to go help those people, right? And with our projects, we come in and we keep maintaining them. So, uh, when you hear us move something to open source, we're not, aban- we're not pushing it there to abandon it, right? No. We're there because we want to be part of the community. Yeah, that's great. What did Windows get for moving to get? Like, what did it do for them? Agility. How so? So, it's much easier to do refactorings in Git. You can spin up a tiny little branch right. and send a pull request. It used to be that if you wanted to create a branch in the Windows code base and source depot, mm-hmm. you needed to call somebody on the phone. Wow. And you needed to talk to somebody. Mm. And they needed to go in as an administrator and create a new branch for you. Okay. And now you've also got some policies around that because when you spin up a new branch, you probably want continuous integration. Mm -hmm. You need a build strategy for that. And building Windows is not cheap. Yeah, I was Mm. just thinking about that. How do you build 300 gigs worth of source code? Please wait. (laughs) (laughs) See you tomorrow. And spend a lot of money while you're waiting. Yeah, no kidding. So agility. So they've got better abilities to refactor Windows now. Right. So it's actually helping this, helping the process of adding features. I mean, you think about it, Windows has been moving really fast yes. lately. You know, 
They, I'm on the, I'm on the slow ring, and I'm overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. In the insider side, I hate. The, think about the fast ring folks. Uh, yeah. The fast ring folks. Think about the internal folks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have a drop down that says slow ring, fast ring. I've got mm-hmm. like branch names that you that are crazy. <laughs> oh no. It's, it's oh, overwhelming. It's scary. <laughs> but but I think Git will really impact their ability to deliver there. Wow. So they're sort of on a DevOps path too, right? Just sort of getting oh, yeah. into getting better at that continuous integration. What is the build process? Because I don't imagine it's the it's probably a, something pretty internal. I, I think it is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't actually know all the details about it by any stretch of the imagination, but we're recording in a big room right now. Yeah, yeah. pretty sure it wouldn't fit the build lab. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. I bet it doesn't. It's just a, it's an interesting thing to think about. But yeah. it's also exciting to hear about a team with as much history. I mean, literally going back right. to the eighties, moving yeah. to a new source repository and, and one, one that's very current. That's, that's right. That's actually the, the current way to think it. It sort of sets a bar that says you really don't have any excuse. Right. You can move. If yeah. those guys oh, can yeah. move, you can move. That's it's exactly It's the best right. story. And, and we're, we're going to tell the window story. It's actually, I'm a developer at heart, but I do work in the marketing team. So mm. I will say that one of my pleasures, though, is being a marketer. Sometimes you get to tell really awesome stories. And mm. we, we want to tell the window story. So that's something we're going to work on over the next, you know, six months to get that out there. Because it, it does show that if, if you're like, oh, you know, we have 500 developers, we're this huge shop. And that, that is huge, right? I mean, there, there's plenty of companies that do amazing things with hundreds of developers, but mm. it's nothing to the scale of what Windows does and if sure. Windows can do it, if Office can do it, if all these, you know, Xbox teams, if everybody can move to Visual Studio team services, so can you. But, you know, like, like we talked about a couple of minutes ago, it takes a, it, it takes a leap to go to over that boundary of like, I don't know, right? Sure. If you don't know that this stuff works, We scary. did a show years ago when team, I think probably maybe in the 2008 time frame, when there was a big push internal to Microsoft to move to Visual Studio. Right. It's like, again, Mm -hmm. sort of that dog food thing. And then part of that conversation was, yeah, we're all moving over except for Windows, Office, and SQL Server. Right. But now it sounds like those guys are moving too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We, we, we are eating our own dog food in every possible way. How's that way. Alpo taste? <laughs> it, it's, it's got some bumps in it, but you know what? Every time uh, every time we hit a bump and, and I curse at the bump, I realize that our customers won't have to, and to yeah. me, that's worth it. Yeah. It know, is the ultimate much. dog food experiment. Yeah. 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 Every, every time my, you know, my Outlook crashes because I'm using the super, super, like, like we, we release aggressively like Outlook and Office, old Office products, they ship to my machine like once every other day almost they wow. get an update like customers yeah. should realize we're, we're testing the heck out of it and we're testing it across 100,000 employees wow. so and I don't have a really e- an easy way to opt out of it I've, I figured out how I needed one time uh, <laughs> to save myself it was a long story but for the most part we, we keep it on and that makes sure our customers are better and the same thing with Azure same thing with VSTS I mean uh, when, when we push things into the cloud for example one of the, thi- the one of the beautiful things about team services is um, you get features kind of for free right you're in the cloud service you don't have mm-hmm. to upgrade something on, on your some machine somewhere. But that's also kind of a scary thing that Microsoft's pushing change in, into your product that you rely on, that mm-hmm. when you need to get code out of it, it needs to come out of it, right? It can't be down or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we do rings, you know, we, we push things out in a very safe nature to say, after all the testing's done and after all the dog footing of that ring and our internal teams, so we, we make Windows pay the price before we make you pay the price. Right. right. Um, and then even after that, we, we push it out in small chunks. So yes, sometimes you'll see like release nugs go up on visualstudio.com about like Visual Studio Team Service has got this new feature and you're like I don't have it yet 
it's coming, right? But we do it for, for your benefit. Right. We roll it out so that mm-hmm. health is monitored for every stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, it takes a huge mindset changes in organizations to do that. I, I'm, I'm proud that Microsoft has done it. And we, we have to help others do the same because this, this isn't the problem that Microsoft has. Everybody has this problem. Everyone's building their thing to be a cloud service, even if it's internal to their organization. Yeah, nowadays. sort of continuous deployment mindset. Yeah. You can't just push, can't continuously throw against the wall against everything because <laughs> you can't be down. That's the that's the downside of being yeah. continuous. You can continuously bring yourself offline. Yeah, continuously yeah. broken. Yeah. <laughs> continuously <laughs> broken. I like yeah. it. We should club that. CB. <laughs> <laughs> CICB. Yes. <laughs> continuously integrated, continuously, continuously broken. broken. That's it. Well, guys, thanks for talking to us. This has been great. Edward Thompson, uh, Dimitri Lee Allen, and thank you guys. What can I say? It's great stuff, and we should all be using it. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Rich. Thank you, guys. All right. Pleasure. We'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a transmitter band by the FCC. Yes, I'm a, a